Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. You got your good mic? Okay. All right. I got my good mic. My good mic is not in view, but it is It is here. Ooh, it sounds good. I like it. Oh, yeah. Nice and crisp. But let me. Wow. Look at that. What is that? What kind of mic is that? This is a Neumann. Uh, it, it's a money mic. I, so I, in my other life, I'm a singer songwriter. And back uh, in the you, day. You do play the guitar, don't you? I do. And I write songs and it's, it, it was like a potential career path for me when I was leaving college, but I think I made the right choice, but yeah, I used to have, like, I got all kinds of nice equipment that uh, I occasionally get to bust out. So. Is the guitar, is the guitar near you? Can you grab it real quick and like, like, like strum, strum a tune or what? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to get this. We're going to put this on the podcast just so you know, we, this will be in there. It's like, this is going to go. All this right. Be, this might be in there. All right. Let's see. What do we want to do here? good man thanks dude that's pretty good wow i could sit around the campfire and listen to that for a few hours matter of fact i was that's just pretty good i was just doing that and uh it was funny i was you know like i haven't been really doing music for a long that's time good stuff ago. but uh when i was just with my family in minnesota and we you know we had the campfire thing going by the lake and these people came up and they're like who is this guy <laughs> like, now what you think <laughs> I love it. I, I think I saw a couple of photos on Facebook. I know we're tagged on Facebook. I think I saw a couple of those and I saw the guitar and a couple of photos. Matter of fact, by the way, just a beautiful family, you know, your, your wife and son and daughter, beautiful family. Yeah, I saw a couple of those photos and I actually thought I was like, man, I wonder if he was playing the guitar. Very cool. 
very it, cool. It, for for many years, the guitar was an appendage. Like you would, would you'd be hard pressed to find me <laughs> without the guitar in tow. You know, and you should uh, be doing. You should hit. A, you should be doing like a a weekly gig at one of the Boulder bars and restaurants or something. Man, I well, would come. I, I will. And it's funny because right before COVID hit, I um, the American Camp Association had given me an award, uh, like it was some special recognition award back in February of 2020, which obviously was as some things were brewing in the world. Right. Um, but at that event, there was a party one night and they gave me a gig and I hadn't done that in a long time. And I played a solo set, you know, probably about 15 songs or something. And it felt so good. Yes. And I said to myself, I'm going to do this again. Like I'm ready. You know, my kids are going to be seven in a month. It's like, you know what? I can, I can do this again. That's cool. And I was gearing myself up mentally to do it. And then we, I don't know if you noticed there was this, um, there was a sickness, like an illness that was going around the world. <laughs> yeah, we did. I know. Right. You know, yeah. Let's, let's uh, talk about life for Dan and camp minder. So I talked to you in October of 2019 yeah. And by the way, the most listened to podcast episode for Ryder Flex of all time. The first interview with Dan. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I still like, number one. Okay. All uh, right, it's, so, it's so it's so entertaining, man. Your personality is good. It was, it was a great interview. Yeah. So so for the folks that don't know, how about just like a quick a three minute what Camp Minder is? But I want right. to get but I want to get into life for camp minder and dan starting in march and april of 2020 and just i want to i want you to talk about what it was like to have a business that is super directly affected by the fact that people aren't going to camps and people are having to stay home and you know i mean so many businesses were affected right i i just feel bad for so many people um but specific industries were hit the hardest you know restaurants gyms um different things like that and and yours was right up there right you're, you're oh, right yeah. up there we, we were <laughs> so, right in there but anyway yeah. yeah quick a quick camp minder overview and then life and then life starting in the you know early last year go for it give us a little update yeah good good thing i took my blood pressure pill this morning before getting into this topic <laughs> um so camp minder uh, we actually just turned 20 years old. So I founded Camp wow. Minder in 2001. And wow. at the time you would have called us an application service provider, um, which is now known as SaaS, software as a service. So okay. we, we provide all kinds of uh, web and mobile technologies to summer camp operators and constituents of summer camps like parents and staff and alumni okay. that are intended to drastically simplify and streamline the operation of a summer camp and all the kinds of tasks that go along with it. Mm -hmm. Registration, forms collection, you know, transportation coordination, health-related information and logging, health center visits, and you know, kind of it runs the gamut. And you know, kind of what's exciting now these days is we launched an app for parents and parents are eating up the uh, facial recognition. So if like you send your kid to camp and the camp uploads pictures of what's happening at camp, you get a push notification in the middle of your day. Like, here's your son, like playing basketball at camp while that's they're awesome. away for four weeks or seven weeks or whatever. So, that's, you know, it, that's it's a pretty fantastic. broad system. And the yeah, Camp Minder cool. app, by the way, it's, it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on everything, the app. 
Yeah, it's called Campanion. So not companion, but Campanion. Uh, C-A-M-P-A-N-I-O-N. Okay. Campanion. I remember you were working on that during on your last visit, but now it's live. It's working. Parents are using it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it it is out in the wild. We thought last summer was going to be the big launch in 2020. And then that's probably a good segue into into the topic you're asking about. But you know, we're, we're really, it's really been fulfilling, right? Because we powered through a pandemic here and fought really hard to keep the team together and strong. And, and I'll get into that. But, uh, you know, th- this app's got 4.9 plus star review on the app store with like over nice. 6,000 reviews now. So it is, it's been really well received and, you know, we're all excited about it. You know, the one thing you just mentioned right there, uh, you know, you get a push notification if your kid is, is in a shot, right. Or, or, or whatever, that's exactly what you do as a parent, right? The very first thing you do, you're like, okay, let me scroll through. Okay, yeah, I don't want, I don't care about that kid. I don't care about that. Like, yeah, yeah well, I'm looking through like you know forty thousand pictures, and it's like I think that's my kid. No, not my kid. Uh, yeah, you know, and we we wanted to try to do it in a way though, like there's an element. Yes, as a parent, you really want to see your kid smiling at camp, yes. but it's also important to get a, enough of a feel for like the activities and the joy and the whole overall experience of, of camp. Um, not just like, you know, the one or two pictures of my kids. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm proud of the way we were able to make the app, you know, give people a feel for not only their kid, which is great and, and is easily the most popular feature, but um, also the broader context of what's happening during a camp day. So, so camp minder really started out as, as, as a technology and software for the camps themselves. How do I manage all this? And it has pushed into, Hey, how do we take care of the parents and connect the parents and the kids too? So now it's really both. Yeah. I, I view it as kind of a strategic thing, you know, and I think, you know, a lot, a lot of our clients get this. I, I would love for more of our clients to kind of see this, but you know, it's a seasonal business, right? A summer camp they they run their, in the camp industry, we call it 10 for two. It's like, we work hard for 10 months of the year so that we can provide this experience for two months. Ah. Um, And for those two months, the parents of these campers are so interested in what's happening at camp. They are so engaged. And yes, like we did start out in like camp management, registration sorts of things, like data organization and management. But the vision for bringing in photos and like messages where parents can write letters to their campers and then the camp can print them out sorted by bunk so that they get delivered to the campers efficiently, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a golden opportunity as a camp owner to get your camp families like engaged in your stuff and then ideally yes. push them into filling out all the forms in a way that's easier to manage as a camp or registration so that the registrations flow in and the payments come in in a much more efficient way. So it's really, you know, more strategic from a camp's perspective, I think, if they do it well, than just having kind of a thing you do over here. Gotcha. How many, how many camps do you service or do you call them clients or customers? Not sure, but how many now are you? Cause I think you had a, you had a goal you were trying to reach. Yeah, go ahead. I was trying to get to, we were trying to get to a thousand and we were on target for a thousand and then the pandemic hit. And, you know, unfortunately that as you can imagine, had a pretty negative impact for a lot of our camps and some people didn't make it. Uh, we're, we're pushing around 950 now at this point. Oof, so we'll, we'll still get to our thousand very soon. Um, but it just delayed us a little bit. And then how many camps are there across the country again? Like how many, how many people could you target? Like if every, if every camp could use the service, how many are there? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question to answer. If you listen to the American Camp Association, they would say there's 14,000 camps. But, yeah. you know, I think that the definition of camp, mm -hmm. uh, you know, might mm -hmm. be pretty broad. So, right. and, and, and certainly they're not all our target market today. I, you know, over time, I can see Camp Under being a company where, you know, many, many, many more camps would be, um, you know, in our target yeah. market. But, you know, there's probably a good five or 6,000 camps out there that, that are, over time could be good fits for us. Yeah. And then the number of the average, I know it's probably a wide range, I'm guessing, but the average number of campers per camp is, you know, what in, is that? In our base, um, you know, the last data that I'm, it's in my brain, it was 750. Okay. Uh, that's okay. bigger. Like, you know, so I went to a camp for, you know, this, as a kid, eight weeks that doesn't exist anymore. Now it's more of like seven week would be a full season camp. You know, mm -hmm. camps like those might cap out at, you know, four to 550 at the most. But then when you have camps that have multiple sessions, like a bunch of two week sessions and, you know, a couple of four week sessions or whatever, you know, in total, you might have 750 camps, campers at an average camp. Okay. So you've probably, I'm sure you've done the math on this upside down, inside out, but, but you're, you're thinking that the app could have how many downloads over the next couple of years? Like, are you targeting a certain number there? We're not really thinking about it in terms of the number of downloads. It's more about, you know, how, how many camps will adopt the app and okay. then how many parents and campers are kind of in that universe. Okay. Gotcha. Is the app a, is the app a free service for the parents or that's a, do you pay like a dollar 99 or how does that work? It's a, I mean, it's really up to the camp as far as how they want to manage it. Oh. Uh, most of the camps are basically bundling it into their tuition. I see. Um, so they'll, so it's, you know, per camper amount that the camp will pay us to enable the app for their families. But at the camp's option, they could choose to pass the fee along, you know, think of it kind of like Wi-Fi at a hotel. Okay. Like some hotels, like I buy my hotel room and I get my room and I get Wi-Fi and I feel awesome. Like, you know, I get Wi-Fi. That's nice. Yeah. Some right. hotels, you know, I go to my room and it's like $8 a day for Wi-Fi. Camps can do it either way. You know, like you know, <laughs> gotcha. they could pass that fee along to the families, in which case the, the summer services, we call it, that functionality would be enabled. Um, you know, the other functionality would be enabled anyway, which would be like the mobile forms, like the document scanner. So you go to the doctor's office with your kid and, you know, get the report and then you use the phone to scan it like you might scan a check with your bank, mm -hmm. you know, and that goes into the camp system and then the camp can process it and make sure everything's cool. Now, I think you, you used to be able to write code a little bit, right? Uh, couldn't you, were, you, were you part of the app here? Or you just like, nah, I'm going to hire a couple of guys to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not written a single line of code for this app. Um, okay. <laughs> I, for definitely for many, many, many years, I was, right. I was writing a ton of code and there's definitely a lot of code that I wrote still in the Campminder platform. Mm. But a few years ago, we did a whole effort to just uh, build, basically build a new software development architecture because the world has changed so much since I was an application service provider. <laughs> um, so the technology landscape has changed. We, we, we built a new architecture and our engineering team and product team have worked together without my meddling. <laughs> <laughs> and how big, real quick, before we walk into the COVID survival and pivots, 
How big is the company now um, with employees? Like what's the size? You know, I don't know the latest count, but I want to say we're probably just over 60 people full time okay. now. Okay. Um, 60. So we actually have grown a little bit from where we were probably right before COVID, believe it or not. Okay, great. All right. Based in Boulder and you got some remote workers, some people in office. Is it a mix? It's a mix. I mean, obviously in your world, I'd imagine this is a big topic right now. Big, huge, huge. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're one of the companies that's moved into the hybrid work model. Okay. Um, All right. You know, you've seen obviously so many companies, you know, some people want to get everybody back in the office. Some people are comfortable with everyone being remote and they've let go of their offices. Um, We're in the middle. Um, Okay. We, we just extended our lease here for a little bit longer because we figure over the next two years, things will shake out and, you know, we'll get a feel for what, what this is going to be. You didn't but sign, right you didn't now, sign it. You didn't sign a 10 year renewal though. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think we've got another two years or so uh, in this space. That's probably and- a good idea. That's, that's a good tip for the listeners right there. Like if you're trying to decide, man, should it be 100% remote? Should I re up? I think a 24 month extension is probably a good idea because you have a better idea of what where we're at by then. Probably good idea. Good move, Dan. <laughs> hey, well, thank you very much. Uh, I can't take credit for the thinking of that through, but yeah, I think, I think move. it's the right thing. And, you know, like it's tough, right? Like our, our culture, I mean, we have an award-winning culture at Camp Minder. We've been, um, you know, outside magazine, best places to work four years yep. in a row. Yeah. And Congrats. so much of that, is the vibe. Yep. yep. And we still have done, I mean, you know, kudos to Annalise, who's our um, VP of talent and culture and Claire on her team to have created, uh, you know, a culture that works both remote and in person and been very intentional about thinking about what it can look like when we have more remote folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I don't think anything quite replaces the energy you get when you have like a lot of great people working together in person, you know, at the whiteboard, walking around the office, having those, you know, tapping someone on the shoulder, having a quick conversation. Um, but whatever we got to do to adapt, you know, we're, we're ready to do it. How many, uh, so what percentage would, would you say are working 100% remote right now for you? If you had to guess there. Well, so I don't want to try to do math on the fly, but I, I think that um, I don't embarrass myself, but I, I think we have about 25 people who are working at the office occasionally. Um, so it's not like on an average day, you'd see 25 people here right now. You might see, you know, 10 or 15 people working between our upstairs and downstairs spaces mm-hmm. in a given day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the balance or not. So the majority clearly, you know, have chosen to, to stay remote. We're, we're launching our, like people are going to have an option, right? Do, do you want to be remote full-time? You know, maybe drop in the office every now and then. Do you want to be hybrid? In which case you're in the office, I think it's three days a week. Or, or are you, you know, in which case, like you get a spot, like you get a dedicated spot in the office versus um, are you basically full-time in the office? Like most of the time you're in the office. So by the end of this fiscal year, which for us is the end of this month, people will be making those choices and we'll have a better feel. Are those choices tied to any incentives? I see, I st- I'm starting to see now CEOs, this is kind of new, but I'm starting to see where they're throwing out little carrots, like, hey, if you do work in the office, you also get this, or you also get that, where they're trying to, for the, for the CEOs that are trying to entice people to come back, they're throwing out little, little, little carrots. Are, are you doing anything there? It's just say it's, 
No, you know, I don't think we want to make people feel like they're doing something wrong necessarily by not coming in. I think we may try to make it more normal for certain types of in like meetings to happen in person because they're just going to be more productive and more effective, mm-hmm. but we're not going to like, you know, I don't know, no offense to the people who are doing those things, but it feels a little gimmicky to me. I don't, I don't want to, be <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I want to be, I want to, a lot of people don't want to come in because they have a 30 minute commute each way. And right. Right, you right. know, like I want to, I want to honor and respect that. We want to honor and respect that for our people. Yeah. I mean, remote goes past COVID, right? It, it goes way past that. It's like, well, man, if I hire a guy in Kansas that I really like, you know, you know, I can get him on the team, even though he can't move. Uh, you, you also have the people that have an hour and 15 minute commute. Uh, yeah. So, so the, so the remote work is beyond just COVID for sure. I think a hybrid model, I personally think, if you can do a hybrid model, um, I think that is, if I had to vote on it myself, I'd probably think that's probably the right thing to do right now. A hybrid model without any hardcore, hardcore rules, um, I think makes everybody feel comfortable and opens it up for plenty of options. I think that's a good move. Uh, yeah. And we'll see, right? Like, you know, if it doesn't work at all, then, you know, you have to adjust and do something that works, but so far it feels like it's working quite well. And what did you, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, when we were changing our software architecture, like I was mentioning a moment ago, right? Um, mm-hmm. The technologies we were using, like it was very hard to find people in the Boulder, Denver area who had the skills, mm-hmm. you know, so you, we kind of had to open it up right. to right. a wider yep. audience. Um, so, you know, you kind of adapt that way. Uh, and again, we'll see, right? We'll see. Um, I, I, for As- my own personal, um, you know, just one last thought. Yeah. When I founded Campminder, I worked from home every day for seven plus years, like maybe seven mm. or eight years. Mm. Mm. And going to an office was an incredible breath of fresh air. Right? Like, <laughs> was, I think a lot of people would say, oh, when you work from home, is it really hard to focus on your work because you've got all these distractions? Actually, it was the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. It was, how do I step away from my work if my office is right here in the middle of my living space? That's right. That's so right. I wonder if that's something that people will experience the more they do the work from home thing. Agreed. You know, as a recruiting firm, of course, we love it when, when clients call us and say, I want you to do a search. And by the way, it can be remote and you can, you know, anybody in the U.S. because obviously it's way easier for us to find the yeah. talent if we yeah. can broaden the search. Right. But uh, but I do get it. And we, we are getting a lot of pushback right now. You know, we're working on a search right now for a company in New York. Uh, that, you know, the CEO is like, nope, I want them in the office Monday through Thursday. They got to be in the office. And boy, if for that specific area, uh, you know, it's when we talk to candidates that are like, no, I'm not doing that. And so it's, it's, right. you, know, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. It's easier for us. It makes it easier for us when they're remote, but I definitely get both. Um, and and their employees, by the way, you know, their employees might be out there searching for new jobs because they, they maybe they're doing it, but they're like, I'm not happy about it. And I don't want to do that's it. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're, we're 100% remote right now, Rider Flex, but we were 100% remote before we, we never did have an office and all of our recruiters live in different States. So remote, remote works for us, but I do miss the water cooler stuff from time to time. You know, I do, I do, you know, there are times definitely where, uh, you know, I miss, uh, being around them. I, you know, one of my favorite things about being remote is this is going to sound 
uh, probably this is probably too this is probably too much to share. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you, Steve. Uh, but but one of the I was telling Scott this, my co-founder, the other day. I said, you know what? One of the best things about remote is my own restroom anytime right. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, something to be said for it. You know, I was like, this is great. I just had it's like right there. It's always open. It's private. It's, you know, I mean, he yeah. just got like, okay, man, you don't, you didn't need to share that with me. <laughs> <laughs> and now the whole world knows. Now the whole world knows <laughs> his own restroom. I'm always, I'm always irritated by people that I can't have a conversation with that are so stuck on whatever the topic is. I mean, you, you name the topic, right? Whatever it is, politics or whatever. And they just get so mad, right? Like they just get so, so, so like, okay, well, like they have this attitude. Like I can't even have a conversation with you because you believe this. And if you believe that, then you're evil. <laughs> it's like, well, can we just, can we just have like a friendly conversation? <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting topic, right? And actually, very relevant to Campminder and the way we, op, you know, operate, because we're very. I, th I think we talked about this last time, but we're very um, core values led, mm -hmm. and one of our core values at Campminder is wonder, and we define wonder as seeking to understand with openness and vulnerability. Love it. So openness is like I got to be open to what someone else is saying and let That's it true. in even if it like causes me to be triggered or even if it causes me to feel something negative and the vulnerability aspect of wonder is I need to be open to be wrong. Like, and, and if I'm wrong, it doesn't mean I'm worthless. It, right. Like, how many times have I been wrong? I have been wrong so many times and it's fine. It's wrong. fine. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, how, how do you feel about this? maybe they they used to do this all the time, but I think social media has really just made it more, more, made people more aware. How do you feel about CEOs voicing things on social media and taking a stand for topics for their company? If that's a thing now for a lot of companies, right? Whatever the hot topic is of the month for social media, I see CEOs or founders like, taking a side or speaking out on it, whatever the topic might be. I mean, you, you name the topic, you know, and they, and they want to, they want to say, well, boom, here's, here's what I believe. And they kind of, they kind of bucket their, their company into a certain thing or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I think your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great question. Um, we we're living, you know, there's so many interesting things happening in our society right. and culture right now, you know, right. Also, like, I'm not a big social media poster. I can I consume stuff like I, I like to be aware of what's going on out there. I, I tend not to put myself out there in that way. I do like on LinkedIn for for a while. I was posting thoughts about leadership. <laughs> you know, we've had we've had uh, people. I've had people call me and say, "Hey, man, you have a podcast," and then they'll go into the they'll go into the whole thing like, "Hey, Steve, you have a following. You have a podcast, so it's your responsibility to speak out on whatever." you know uh and i think famous athletes and, and actors they get they get pushed like that people people tell them hey you're you're you you have a responsibility to take a side on something and i've gotten a couple of those calls here's what i say now this could be wrong like a lot of people could say that's the wrong way to look at it and maybe it is i don't know uh but the way i currently look at it is like this i say look here, here's the deal almost every single thing i see debated on social media most of the time it's split 50 50 
most of the time. Whatever the topic is, about half the people think green, half the people think blue, and then they're mad at each other and screaming at each other about it, almost yeah. on every topic. And I said, and I say, because of that, I really don't want to take a stand on stuff because I want customers from both sides. <laughs> what I want is that a world where I can just have conversations with people and share my thoughts and listen to their thoughts and be open without everybody being mad at each other. Like that's, that's the world I want. Like I just, I want to be able to sit at the bar and have a beer and say, listen, man, this is, yeah, this is what I think about that. And then me and you are still friends and it's okay. And I, and I respect your views and I understand your side and I hope you understand my view and can we still just hang out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's exactly how I feel. And, and it's like, and, and I can, you know, I try to understand both sides or every side or every angle of, of a thing. And, and then I want to weigh in. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I, we, sometimes we have to agree to disagree and still love each other. That is, <laughs> there you go. Bingo. You know, look, my perspective at Camp Mind, our philosophy is employee engagement is our number one objective because we think that if we, if we can create a truly engaging and fulfilling work environment for people, then all the other things will come and that they will follow. And if you can't create a work environment that feels psychologically safe mm. for people, and therefore people can't be, you know, you can't wonder and you can't like be admirable is one of our other values where we have to be candid like, and actually say how we feel and then be open enough with wonder to, to take it in, um, then you're not actually creating an environment where there can be trust. Good stuff, Dan. And Good if you stuff. can't create an environment where there's trust, then you can't get buy-in from your people. I mean, this goes to Patrick Lencioni's, you know, five dysfunctions. Right. But um, if you can't create a trusting, psychologically safe environment, then people aren't going to feel comfortable sharing their opinions. And maybe someone's thoughts or feelings or opinions on a matter is really are really important and have to and have to be taken into account to change the way we think about this important business thing that affects the bottom line. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Um, let me ask you this. I know we're getting closer on time here. Um, thank you for sharing your thoughts on on those uh, sensitive topics. I appreciate it. Great insight. So you got through going, I'm going to go back to business just a, a second here, uh, you know, numbers and things you got through 2020. I'm assuming you were down in revenue on 2020 versus 2019. I, I thought yeah. about you. I thought about you many times, man. I almost called you a few times. I was like, Oh boy, I know he's. We, we, we were investing heavily in the future. We are okay. investing in our industry. We are the, we are leaders in our industry. And we, and we take pride in that. We brought the idea of web-based summer camp management to our industry. We were the ones who brought it in. And we work with the um, you know, leaders of our industry or our clients. And we're, we had been a bootstrapped company for, for 19 years. And every dollar that we ever spent as a business was a dollar that we earned. And to invest heavily in the future and build a new software architecture and a new mobile platform that is the future was expensive. And we were willing to spend our profit, all of our profit mm. to do that. And that meant hiring lots of new product managers and lots of new engineers and expanding in all these different ways to better serve our clients. Mm. And, you know, with the belief that eventually that there would be a return on that investment. So, 
it's funny because funny in a kind of morbose uh, or more is that even a word in a dark way um, because coming out of summer 2019 we, we decided to really double down on our investment and companion in the direction that we're going and I kind of like tongue-in-cheek said to someone you know what as long as there's not a recession before next summer uh, you know, it, it'll work out fine. Like that was my way of making myself feel better. <laughs> and the notion that like, you know, a recession means like things are off 20%, not that like things are 20%. <laughs> um, so when you're, when you're like kind of betting heavily on the future and you're investing in that and you're and it's all in like full-time staff and you're at kind of break even and then something happens and your industry shuts down and you know 30 plus percent of your revenue depends on the summer not being not you know happening you know it might take your breath away for a minute yeah i'm guessing there was a few sleepless nights for dan <laughs> it was um I mean, a few things come to mind. Actually, interestingly, it wasn't really that there were sleepless nights. Um, and I attribute a lot of this, and I think we talked about like coaching last time, but one, thank God I lost my hearing because I had already dealt with loss in a very personal way mm. and had to come to an acceptance with loss. Mm. Um, in a way that's more meaningful than a business loss mm -hmm. uh, for, me, for me as a human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. And number two, there's, there's, a, there's a terminology that I've learned or an idea called stirring the salt, which is like, if I have a glass of water and I pour a bunch of salt into it, you know, you see a lot of white salt in the water, but then if you stir the salt, eventually the salt dissolves and you can, it's no longer visible. It's no longer uh, something you see. And I've, I've learned to treat my feelings that way. So like there was a lot of pain. There was, there was a lot of uh, fear. There was a lot of um, discomfort, but for me, the process was to actually feel, to commit to feeling every last bit of every one of those feelings. And maybe that sometimes meant in my executive team meeting, and it did happen once or twice where I just broke down and started crying with my executive team in, in the room. Mm -hmm. And people will say, well, you're the leader, you're supposed to be strong. And like, you know, that's not strong. Well, it was real. <laughs> and it was, it was honest. And, and what it did, I think, was it, is, is it, is it caused the members of our team to want to help, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like people didn't want to see me in pain. Um, and so it's like, so it became a, a culture of like, how do we help? And then there's wonder. It's like, well, what are the different, what are the, what can we do? Like what might happen in the future? What might not happen in the future based off of the different things that could happen? Like what, what feels right? What, we, what is non-negotiable here? Mm. It was non-negotiable to me to have spent the previous 19 years organically bootstrapping a business to get to where Campminder has gotten to, only to then like chop its legs off. Right. You, that were was you able, not going to yeah. happen. 
Were you able to survive on uh, the profits you had, or did you have to step out and borrow some cash temporarily? I don't know if you want to share any of that. Just wondering how you yeah. survived financially. Well, I mean, I, th I think the PPP was something that was extraordinarily helpful. Um, we, were, we were able to get a line of credit. I mean, part of the challenge of being a bootstrapped software as a service company is that you don't have these hard fixed assets. Right. And so the banks get very uncomfortable with mo when most of your assets are goodwill. That's so like, right. you know, we could we could get credit and then we had access to it. But at the end of the day, it's like a personal guarantee on, on, on that me is right. effectively. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, which was uncomfortable, you know, on a level, you know, one level is like our company is very valuable. Like it's probably, you know, probably can absorb it. It's probably never, not going to actually strangle me and my family, but mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, you know, how, how do you create a, a, a bit of distance between your, your, your life, your financial life personally and the financial life of the business that you started? Tough to do, tough to do, right? Was 2021, did 2021 summer, I don't know where it's, you're wrapping up, so you, you probably don't have all your numbers in yet for the summer for your main season, but uh, will 2021 match 2019 revenue or still, or still slightly down from 2019? You know, we've grown. Uh, okay. I, I, I didn't think, I didn't think that it would happen. I really honestly right. didn't. I thought that we'd be just shy of, of, of 2019, but we, we've managed to, you know, the industry bounced back enough that supported us financially. That's great. Um, so, so we, we've continued to grow and it's really a testament, you know, some people on our team, you know, like the pay cuts and everything that people were willing to do for a period of time mm -hmm. to allow us to maintain you know, the level of, of, of function as a, as a level of operation to, to come through this strong, um, you know, the, the support demand on our, on our, um, on our team this April, May, June, July, like nothing, we've never experienced anything like it. Our camps have never gone through such a hard time before. Mm. Um, but we, we stuck through it with them. And, and as a result, you know, the camps that left, we replaced them with, with new camps and more new camps than, than, than the ones that, that, went out of business or whatever happened. And congratulations. Here we are. Congratulations. Yeah. So congratulate. Not only did you survive, but your business is growing and, and probably finishing up over 2019, which means uh, the future is bright as you the continue. The future grow. is very bright for Camp Mindrum. <laughs> I could not be more, you know, I kind of have to pinch myself. And I think one of the lessons out of this is, you know, no matter how bad things might seem at a moment in time, you really almost can't imagine sometimes what the future might have in store. <laughs> so we have to, we have to be open that like, this is, this, you know, everything's temporary. Everything's temporary. You're right about that. Dan, congratulations on the business that you have built over the last 20 years now, 20 year anniversary, 20 years, uh, survived yeah. the pandemic, still growing, rolled out the app, by the way, for the listeners, just so we're uh, on the same page, it's campminder.com. Dan Konigsberg can also be found on LinkedIn, connect with him there. He loves to get a bunch of like salesy messages on LinkedIn. So send him a bunch of those, try to sell him stuff. <laughs> yeah. That could be like your, your, your first message. It's like, <laughs> we do outsource technology services in all these countries. Are you interested? Like so if you could do that, that would be a great way to reach out. Oh, Dan, awesome interview, my friend. Thank you for coming back on the Rider Flex show. I really appreciate it. Great stuff, my friend. Well, th thank you very much. This was, this was a, you know, I've never had a conversation like this in a podcast where like really like meaty issues we've talked about. <laughs> and um, I, you know, I appreciate that you asked the questions and I'm glad that 
I, I think you're also like I am the kind of person who's open to a wide variety of thoughts and feelings and opinions and just wants to be able to talk about them. Oh,